25th Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. What's going on, everyone? And welcome into Subjectively Speaking on the Hockey Podcast Network presented by DraftKings. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura. And Laura, I hope you had the most relaxing All-Star weekend. I hope you took in some wonderful, wonderful entertainment at Disney on Ice. I just hope that you are coming into this week as rejuvenated as I am. And by that, I mean I'm only rejuvenated because I didn't work on Monday. And as we go into Tuesday, I am dreading going to work entirely. So how are you? <laughs> um, I'm about as rejuvenated as sharing a bed with a seven- and six-year-old can be. After they experienced their for, their first Disney on Ice, and then you know arousing viewing of Encanto. So how is Encanto? I still haven't seen it. It's so cute, and my God, is the music catchy? That Lin Manuel Miranda knows what he's doing. Do you know what's crazy? What Mario is one of the backup singers. Like Mario is like in in the choir. Oh, isn't that wild? That's fun. I know. I hope he's so, getting royalties because that movie's making bank. I'm sure he's getting something, right? But I mean, yeah, the number didn't didn't the whole like we don't talk about Verna song like didn't that make its way? Isn't it like number one on Billboard Top 100? Something like that. But it was funny because, as you said, I took my niece and nephew with my mom to uh, Disney on Ice on Saturday at Nationwide Arena. And it was first the first time that Hudson and Hallie got to see where Aunt Laura <laughs> works, quote unquote, is how they put it. And I was like, not really, but sure. Um, and first of all, Disney on Ice was amazing. Like it was just, I was impressed with how much they were able to do with only using half of the arena. And it was still just, I mean, it's Disney, so it's magical. But, um, you know, this show that they're running for Disney on Ice started before Encanto came out. But the, like, MC of the of the show was like, um, I hear there's, like, some guy that we're not supposed to talk about. And I swear to you, all in unison, all these tiny children started singing we don't talk about Bruno. It was both impressive and scary all at the same time. Um, I'm obsessed with that. I, it's just wild to me. Like the way also like to the point that you make about like, it's amazing what they can do with half the ice. It always has always blown me away whenever they have a show that's on ice there and they don't use the ice that's there. Yeah. I really can't because like, you wouldn't want like the nationwide arena, like logo and the jackets logo, like in the middle of the show. But I'm just like, there's so much ice underneath the surface that you've created. <laughs> they do be using our Zamboni, though. Fascinating. Yeah, and because Disney on Ice has an intermission, because, you know, little kids need to use the bathroom and the and ice I'm going to say bribe the people who brought them to buy them whatever kind of snack and or light up toy. Yeah, I'll get to that in a second. But um, yeah, so they have an intermission about halfway through. And 
I was sitting there with the kids and the Zamboni came out and it's the new, the newly wrapped one. So like the really fancy Stanley steamer one and um, Hallie and Hudson were both like, what's that? And can we ride on it? And I was like, yeah, as a matter of fact, you can. New goal. <laughs> That's a Zamboni. And they're like, what's it doing? So then I got to give my whole, you know, Zamponis are really magical things. They can do three different things at the same time. And I was like, they melt smooth and refreeze all the same time. And they thought that was the coolest shit ever. Um, so yes. So they did they did use our Zamboni. Um yeah, them, them and Madame That Bitch Megan all think that that's the coolest <laughs> thing in the world. Yes. Oh my gosh, I don't know who the player is, but he plays for the lightning. And he was doing a press. I'm going in in a million different directions, but this all leads back to Zambonis. He was doing press at the All Star Weekend with his son on his lap, and his son had to only be like maybe two, three years old max. And he's trying to do this interview, and his son kept keeps going. I I want I want to go see the Zamboni, please. I I we go see the Zamboni, please. And the dad's like, we will, we will. And he's like, no, Z Zamboni, please. I go see the Zamboni, please. And he goes, he goes to the little point. He's like, I guess I have to go see the Zambonis now. Cause like, he's pretty insistent. Um, but yeah, so there was well, that. I, and then, it was Steven Stamkos. I found it. I have to, can I play it? Yes. Cause it's funny. You understand? Wait, that kid looks literally just like him. That is almost scary. You know the whole phrase, it's like, mommy's baby, daddy's maybe? No maybe here. Yeah, no, that's 100%. 100% his kid. I actually sent that to... Madame, that bitch is. Uh, I mean, that, that kid looks. That kid looks like he's twenty three, and he's yeah, he's copy and paste. He is copy and paste for sure. Carter Stamkos. Um, but no, I sent that video to Megan and was like, "I believe this child is your spirit animal." But he says he wants to drive it. Mm -hmm. Oh, but he says, please, I can't. I can't keep watching that. Like, I... <laughs> um, but yeah, so Zambonis were cool. But no, the tickets, if you want to, if you have a kid, or even if you don't have a kid and you want to go with your friends to Disney on Ice, um, the tickets are very cheap. Like, I want to say we paid like 20 bucks a piece and we had like prime seating. Although once I told Hallie that where our season tickets were, she was like, I want to sit up there. And I was like, probably not for this. But, I don't know why I thought that she was going to be like, oh, <laughs> like you guys no, she thought it was so cool. She was like, you get to sit all the way up there. And I was like, I do. I do get to sit up there. Um, but no, so the tickets are like fairly inexpensive. Where they get you is the souvenirs. Be, and there were a lot of them, and a lot of them lit up. And 
we were the kind of people that we decided to wait until the end of the show to get them on our way out. And this whole time, Hallie had been telling me that she wanted this. It's like an Elsa wand that had these things that spin off of it and it lit up and all this sort of stuff. So I'm like, okay, well, we're going to get an Elsa wand. And Hudson wanted, at the time he wanted, they had Maui's, uh, Maui from Moana, his hook that lit up, which was pretty cool. Um, And so he, at that time, thought he wanted that. Um, But of course, by the time we got up there, both of them had changed their minds. Um, And so Hudson ended up with a Olaf light up spinny thing. And Hallie didn't even get a light up thing. She fell in love with this, like, it's not even like a doll, really. It's like a stat, like a statue of Belle <laughs> that she really wanted. And I had to ask her six times if, that, if she was sure before I paid for these things. Um, and of course, we got something for Big Brother Jameson, who could not come with us to um, Disney on Ice this time, but. Essentially paid about as uh, almost as much as we did for the tickets in souvenirs. All I know is that Disney on Ice is coming to Grand Rapids this weekend. Should I go? Should I go on Thursday? <laughs> you, it was so good. They are really fun. The first half was like Toy Story and all the princesses. There were some aerial acrobatic things, like both Ariel the princess and... Yeah. Um, in the what? Air. Tricks in the air. Tricks in the air, yes. Yeah. Ariel the princess and Rapunzel did some high-flying... Did she let down that hair? She did let down that hair. Work, bitch. And it just blew all the kids' minds. Shocking. Shocking. Um, but then the second half is basically an, an, an ode to... Frozen and Moana. So Disney really knows they're money makers. And they basically tell the whole story of Moana and Frozen. Yeah, 100%. Because they know full damn well that's what everybody's there to see. They don't care about the Toy Story. That's for and those us. Are the that's two- for the parents. The parents need the Toy Story and that kind of stuff, which is just absolutely fucking vulgar to say out loud. That like... Toy stories for the older crowd. Oh, and Finding Nemo. Well, Finding Dory. Um, because they have the big squid. He like comes out. Um, but no, it was really good. A little bit of pyrotechnics. Fun times. That plus ice just feels weird. But um, moving back, it lit the to... ice on fire at one point. Big pardon. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, moving back to Carter Stamkos, all that happening at the All-Star Game. Um, and uh, Zach Wierenski, wouldn't you know it, good at shooting things into targets on a fountain. Um, and when he's asked about uh, how much he practices it, he's like, well, I, I don't really spend a lot of time practicing on the Bellagio fountain. Um, <laughs> which was like the most smart-ass but hilarious answer to give. <laughs> When it comes to that. But yeah, he's a champ, baby. He's a champ. Yeah, he Zach won the uh probably only time that they will ever do has to be, right? Specific <laughs> um skills competition. So Zach will go down in in their history books as the only winner 
of the Bellagio fountain target thing that they did. Um, but that was so fun. I was so excited for him. Um, and he seemed, I mean, honestly, like he seemed to have just a really great time. Um, you got to see him have a little banter on press day with Dylan Larkin. Um, he, he snuck into Dylan's interview and was like, I want to ask you some questions. Who was your favorite Michigan teammate? <laughs> and Dylan even didn't even try to joke with him. He was just like, you, buddy. You were my favorite. So it was very sweet. No doubt. No, and then no. the Metro ended up winning the whole dang thing. Yeah, they're splitting a million bucks. And Claude Giroux got a car. I don't remember what kind of car it was. But he got a car. Probably a Honda, obviously, of some sort. But Honda or Lexus, whoever's. I think it was sponsored by Honda. I think the All-Star game, wasn't it? The Honda All-Star game. Oh, that would make sense. So, yeah, probably a Honda of some sort. Go him. But, yeah, 11 of them get to split a million dollars. Do you remember when the divisions were sponsored? I do. That's a weird time. We were the, the Discover. The Discover Central. We're just the, I think we were just the Discover division. No, they had directions. We were the Central, and then there was the Atlantic, and then there was the Canadian. The it was the North Division. What did they? Was it? Oh God! What did they call Canada? It? Was it Bell? Was it the Bell North? No, now I gotta look this up. That's gonna bug me. Why do I care? Someone has Mastercard. I remember I that. Atlantic. I feel like. But yeah, we were the Discover. Yeah, you're right. We were the Discover Central Division. Yeah, so it was the Scotia NHL North Division, the Honda NHL West Division, the Discover NHL Central Division, and the Mass Mutual East Division. Terrible. <laughs> All so bad. For that lovely 56-game season. I'm so glad they didn't keep that up. There's so many things yeah. that they kept up like that, and I'm just glad that that wasn't one of them. But yeah, 11 um, people, a million dollars, which is just such a, like, uh, I mean, they don't have any, like, I wonder what they do with that. I know I know when Cam won it, he was like, oh, it's going to my wedding or whatever. I'm sure it didn't. Um, but, like. It what, actually uh, might have. Have you ever seen pictures of his wedding? <laughs> yeah, I also know how what his contract is. <laughs> yeah, but still. Plus, it's also only $90,909, which, like, don't get me wrong. If I got $90,000 just for winning an All-Star game, I would be very okay with it. Plus, it gets taxed. Pretty much none of those people make less than probably, except for the rookies that make it, like, less than $5 million a year. Yeah. So, plus, it gets taxed. So, in the end of it, they probably only bring home, like, $45,000, which, you know, is... A nice yearly salary for someone. I wonder how that works. I wonder if it's it's probably based on New York because that's where the NHL is headquartered. But I was like, I wonder if it changes every year based on where the game is played. Like, I wonder if like because Nevada is a no no state income tax state, I wonder if. Well, apparently, Kazak did a little interview and they told him that he did have the option to just go and take it and put it out on and gamble with it. You're Hold on, just I need like, to get good at hockey. That would be so fun. Are you serious? I'm afraid of you with that much money in a casino. 
that I don't care about. Like ninety grand, this kid's gonna make eight point five eight three million dollars next year. He just gets ninety grand, and he's like, "Go ahead, blow it in the casino." I would do it in a second, and I would walk away with no dollars, and I'd be okay. <laughs> Whereas now, if I lose forty five dollars, I'm thinking very, very, very seriously about entering into a mass depression and <laughs> myself you know, admitted to a gambling addiction resort. Um, <laughs> well, I'm glad that we don't have to be concerned about that. Um, yeah. But yeah, so yes. Zach had a great time in Vegas. Um, so did Stinger. Stinger had a fun time with so all the mascots. Gritty. What? So did Gritty. Shut up. I don't care about him. <laughs> I love him. I need you to stop. I, I did, however, realize some of the like lower quality mascots. Yeah, Gritty is not alone in the in the like. I just need to say the quality that is Stinger. Like he looks so good in comparison to some of the other ones. And also, I have questions as to why. I think it's the coyotes mascot. Why he has abs? I mean, there was like a weird um, thing that they did where he like lifted up his shirt, his jersey, and his his costume has abs. Listen, it's hey, it's six packs for every fan that's going to be in their arena next year. If they have one. Six of them. Um, so other news and notes uh, outside of the All-Star game. Um, first time ever, I'm going to say this, last time probably ever too, yay COVID. Um, <laughs> because uh, Ken Johnson is now a member of the active roster for Team Canada in Beijing uh, to Canadian. I, I believe it's two because two folks got moved from the inactive roster to the active roster for Team Canada, or from the reserve roster, excuse me, to the active roster, Ken Johnson, and then another guy who plays in Europe, which is ironic. And so he's going to be on the active roster for Team Canada, I would presume, for the rest of the tournament. So that'll be really interesting, and I think it gives the Jackets fans who are tuning into the Olympics a little bit something extra to tune into. Obviously, um, Karel Marchenko is a player who is already playing in the Olympics for um, the Russian Olympic Confederation, I think is what they're called. They're like, they can't be Russia because technically, like, they're not like. which is so stupid. It's all stupid. Um, The Olympics are dumb. They're like my favorite thing, but they're stupid. Anyway. um, And I believe Stanislav Svotsol is also uh, Mm. a member of his, uh, of the Slovakian, Slovakian, (laughs) look at me go, Uh, national team. And so three Blue Jackets are out there killing it. Obviously far less than we would have seen if the NHLers were able to go. However, still a really cool, thing to watch and another storyline especially here in the month of february where things could be not super fun because we're on the road a lot and so you there's no going to games like there's no other thing like that so uh, you can tune into that if you're a jackets fan yeah um and it's just the, the olympics are just fun um again like you said bummer that nhlers can't go this year but also you know best to like 
keep them safe from being stuck in China um, should they test positive for COVID. Um, that horrifies me. I like that. Yeah. Just like there's something about that that I don't trust. Um, but it was nice. I if you're on TikTok, um, they're doing a lot of Olympic content on TikTok, and it is nice to see that they're not sleeping on cardboard beds this time. So Can I just say that if you told me to do luge, I would tell you to fuck off. What is that? What the is fastest that way to die? Like. Do you You're remember like, back in 2010 in Vancouver? Somebody did. He like literally like fell off the track and like literally just like hit a pole dead mm -hmm. like, right away, right away. I, I want to say it was today that? in a today in a heat round or something. Someone fell off of their luge and oh, went a tumbling. I didn't know that. Yeah, um, yeah. No, it's not freaking terrifying. So are all, I don't enjoy, as all of you have heard before, I really detest winter. It's strange. I personally do not like to have my body near or on top of ice unless I'm watching hockey and I'm on the dry land part of things. Like, but all of that stuff is nothing but slippery slopes of doom. And it just really astounds me. I'm a big Sean White fan. I have been for, which is very off, very weird, but I've just always thought he was very cool and super talented. And this is his final, um, not only just his final Olympics, but his final competition ever um, as a professional athlete. And so I've been closely following all of the insane things that he is capable of doing. Um, but yeah, it's just a lot of, what do they say about what does Buzz Lightyear say about when he's in depresso mode in the first movie? Or that flying is just Oh god, um, I don't know. I was gonna I was like doing falling with something. Oh, it's gonna drive me insane. But essentially, whatever Woody says to Buzz about his flying is how I feel about most winter sports. So just yeah, a lot no, of danger no, no. and a lot of luck and a lot of core strength. Hold on. Now I'm, go now I'm Googling. This isn't flying. This is falling with style. Is that it? Yes. <laughs> now I'm just hearing him go, I'm Mrs. Nesbitt. It's just such a good film. It's just <laughs> such a good film. I... Wow. This episode is sponsored by Disney. It's not. If it was, it was. we'd go on a vacation, bitch. <laughs> Money. Anyway. Hi. I'm Jeremy. Um, You're watching the Disney Channel. Oh, I could do bum, that. Bum. Oh, shit. Bum, bum. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. You fake draw the Mickey ears. That was a lot. That was a lot to try to figure out. I should have used that the was. pen. I should have used the pen to like do it. Nope, it's gonna not work. Anyway, um, so obviously, as we all know, the Blue Jackets are getting ready to go on the road for an extended period of time. Of uh, got two, games. Two weeks. Two yeah. solid well, weeks. Do they randomly come home? No. They're they're on no, the road this we whole don't time. Come right? home. We are 
we are on the road for oh no that's nope that's right for five games starting tomorrow um when the blue jackets uh go to well i think they're already there but go to the nation's capital to face off against the capitals um and then it's not, bad, it's not a bad name for a team let's talk about it i just feel like it's pretty unoriginal i mean kind of it is a little bit unoriginal Great. Um, so I, I did kind of, so they just gave, what uh, they were called like the Washington football team. Oh yeah, they're the commanders now. Yeah, I kind of like that. It's fine. I mean, I they have a name I, now. I forget what it was. Oh gosh, it was the red. I know what it was before, but they were like talking about going to, was it the red? No, they're talking about going to a name that like honored the Tuskegee Airmen, like, and it honored um, like black folks who were like really integral in the like in the whole idea of like air combat. The air force, yeah, air combat yeah. missions. Mm-hmm. God, what were they gonna call them? It was so good, and I was like, if only they would have gone with that, because then it would also appease the people who were mad about the whole name change in the first place by keeping like you know red blank like in something. So. I was a little disappointed that that didn't happen, but Vegas can be choosers, and uh, that's okay. It, it is, it is very much objectively better than um, the Washington football team. Yes. Um, but so yeah. in order to play those games, because um, broken fingered Alexander Texier, um, broken knee Eric Robinson, uh, the Jackets gotta bring some folks up they gotta bring some people up to try to get them on the ice also emil bemstrom gets added to COVID protocol so a lot of lineup regulars right now are going to be out obviously bemstrom's probably only gonna miss a game or two with the new COVID protocols but uh of course you know texier and and robinson are out for extended periods of time on the forward side of things and so Trey Fix Wolanski and Brendan Gauntz, two players that are called up. Um, Brendan Gauntz as an emergency recall. Trey Fix Wolanski comes up. And today in practice, according to Jeff Savota, our good friend at Jackets Insider, says that they were skating on the fourth line with Jack Roslovic. So fascinating things there. It'll be really interesting to see that work out. I have some questions about that pairing but you mean you have some questions about those two specifically coming up no no so i mean i or just them being on the fourth line with jack i think there's something happening with liam foodie and i don't know if anybody's willing to talk about it but it's just fascinating nevertheless well i know more people i saw a lot of chatter um about kevin stenland but here's the thing folks kevin stenland has not no kevin stenland a real a real nosedive no he's done like in my opinion like i the only reason the jackets will go to him is in like a a a really dire situation like i just can't foresee them taking any amount of time like it's just not going to happen especially when you've got young guys in this pipeline like a Trey Fixlansky like a Liam Foodie like a Carson Meyer like a Tyler Angle who are down in Cleveland who like you know 
they might not be bona fide NHLers. They might not become bona fide NHLers. The only way you're going to find out is by throwing them out there. And they've done that with Kevin Sinland, and he's answered the question for him. Like it's just yeah. it is what it is. But it's you know um, it's exciting. You know we we did some prospects talk in our last episode. I'm very excited for Trey to hopefully make his NHL debut. And um, Gaunt, I mean, he's been doing well for Cleveland. Cleveland, as we said last episode, Cleveland on a whole, not doing uh, well. Sorry, Dina. But individual players have been doing very well. And so it'll be interesting to see how they, you know. And fourth line with with Jack, um, who's also kind of finding his way a little bit. Um, you know, it's it will be good. And I think this is just what we talked about before. Like this is going to be what happens as we get sort of plagued with injuries um, or as COVID continues. Um, Cause like you said, um, Texas out until probably the middle, the beginning of March. Uh, Robbie will be out until probably the end of March. Jake Bean is also out, but we're just going to bring in, I think they brought in. Um, why did I just forget his name? Carlson for him today mm-hmm. in practice. Um, but he'll be out until the beginning of March as well. Um, so yeah, it's just going to be, it's going to be fun to see some of these, you know, Cleveland guys, these younger guys coming up and seeing how they do at the NHL level. So. Yeah. I mean, like you said, I mean, players, really the player who has been the most shocking for me down in Cleveland and, and I'm surprised, no disrespect perhaps a little disrespect to Gabriel Carlson, but I look at a player like Jake Christensen, who is lighting it up in the AHL. He's got 22 points in 32 games. He's played really well. There were reports out there that he was actually like, like prior to when things were made more clear about like who could play in the Olympics. Um, well, somebody who was on team Canada's radar, like he's, he's played really well. And, you know, again, players who have played well, Brendan Gantz, he's got in 39 games played, he's got 16 goals, 12 assists in Cleveland, 28 points. I mean, he's looked really good. Trey Fix-Wolanski, he's 9, 8, and 17 in 22 games played. You'll remember that he started the season on IR. And so he's kind of got his footing under him. And, you know, also keep in mind there are players down there like Josh Dunn. Josh Dunn is a player that, you know, has seen time in Columbus, who's on a two-way deal. Justin Danforth is somebody who's been hurt. He's been skating recently. Is he somebody who's going to find his way back into the fold? So it's just, there's so much. There's so much that could happen. And um, we'll just have to wait and see. But, you know, we're not going to have to wait to see for much longer. The Super Bowl. Yeah, we're not going to have to wait to see who wins the Super Bowl. And, uh you know, Laura, I think deep down we both know that the Cincinnati Bengals are going to be the true winners of Super Bowl weekend. Who they, baby? Who do they think I'm going to beat them Bengals? Nobody. Nobody. God, you're good. Oh, you're good. But what I also know is that you and I and all of our listeners, especially those who have not signed up yet and taken advantage of this deal, could also be winners this weekend. The moment we've been waiting for since September, it's finally here. And in honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new members 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. 
DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country. The sportsbook isn't available in your state yet. Play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest for Super Bowl 56, and new customers can get a free shot at $1 million top prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. 21 plus minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific gambling resources floyd where prohibited gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in tennessee call or text the tennessee red line 1-800-889-9789 in connecticut uh, call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in new york call 877-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK h-o-p-e-n-y 467369 I had to really think about Ho Penny again. <laughs> you did good. Do you know how I know if we have a good episode? How? If I get text messages from Kelly with direct quotes from our episode, <laughs> of which Ho Penny was one of them from last week. And I was like, I know. I just I couldn't help it. I just like it's what I read. It's just what I read. It's okay. It's a long. It's a long read. DraftKings has uh, added to the script, so the reads are much longer than they have been in the past. But it's helpful resources. It and is. second times, you know, you didn't even need that third try. You got Hope New York in the second try. I so. really did. I really did. That's because I was fixated on it. But do you know what else I'm fixated on? Um, the second half of the Blue Jacket season. The second half of the Blue Jacket season is here, and that's right. Your friends have no I'm kidding. Um, so, so yeah, the the second half of the season is upon us, and you know, some of our friends, some of our other Blue Jackets podcasts, been giving grades about the first half of the season, all that kind of stuff. Much love to them. Go check those out. But I'm here. I'm all about the future, baby. I want to talk about how the rest of the season is going to go. Got 39 games left in the season, just over two and a half. No, let's say three, just about three months of hockey left for the blue Jackets, barring a miracle. And so we're going to, we want to talk to y'all about the rest of the season. So um, we're going to play a little bit of higher or lower to wrap up this episode. So, me and my little analytics brain, and by that I mean I divided numbers on a calculator and called it a day. Uh, I've looked at I've looked at how much the the players are going to produce or are on track to produce for the second half of the season. Laura, I am going to ask you if those players will end up with a higher or a lower total points total. Like we're not going to go goals assists like that feels dramatic. I'll tell you what they're on pace for, but we'll just do uh, we'll just do goal or Jesus. We'll just do points. <laughs> we'll just do sure. points. Make it easy. Um, so do you want to start from the bottom or the top? Um, as Drake said, started from the bottom. Now we're here. I always knew you were a bottom. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Reasons why we have an explicit warning on our podcast. <laughs> 
Nobody likes the soggy bottom, but <laughs> that's, you're not going to find any of that on this show, folks. So we'll start. Um, obviously, I didn't include players who have played like a game. Uh, just basically your lineup regulars in this one. So we're going to start with the player who has the current least amount of points for the Jackets, having only played 13 games, which it feels like he's played much more than that. I don't know why to me, but uh, Emil Bemstrom has two goals, two point or two assists and four points total here at the start of the season. So based on those numbers in 13 games, looking at six, six and 12 for the remaining 39 that the Jackets are scheduled to play. Do you think that Emil Bemstrom is going to be higher or lower than 6-6-12? Six, six, and 12? So 12. Um, I, you know, I think I'm going to take a little bit of your confidence that you had in him last week um, and say that he will be higher. He is going to miss probably a couple games this week because of COVID. But I think as long as he stays healthy injury-wise, um, and he keeps getting the opportunity, I think he might I think he might get higher than that. Yeah, and I'm I'm in the same place. You referenced it, my my hype on him. And, and honestly at this point it's also, you know, six, six and twelve. If the Jackets want to have any sort of like good <laughs> good results, he's gonna need it to be because he's going to probably end up getting bigger minutes unless he gets dealt away at the deadline. Obviously there are probably going to be some forward spots available. And if also injuries remain to be a thing, he'll get more time on ice. So we'll move to the first forward on our list or nope defenseman on our list. And that's Andrew peak. Uh, so Andrew peak first 43 games of the season, one, nine and 10. Uh, that's good for a projection of one, eight, and nine. For the remaining 39 games. So do you think that Andrew Peake is going to end up higher or lower? Um, I think he might end up higher. I don't think it's going to be like a dramatic. Because I also think Andrew Peake's going to be playing more minutes. Um, Andrew Peake does so much more in his role than what gets put on the score sheet. Like there's just so much more that he's done this season. Um, as far as like hits and just, you know, really blocked shots, like all that sort of stuff, his willingness to tussle, um, you know, and so he's really done a lot of good things in a not so great situation for the Blue Jackets. So I don't know that it's necessarily going to show on the score sheet, but I think with, like we said, with Bemstrom, as people get injured, I think he's going to play more minutes. And so there's potential there that he will maybe go up slightly, but it's not going to be anything astronomical. I'm inclined to say that that's almost a perfect number, but I'm not going to play that game. I'm not going to do like that. Yep. Sounds great. Um, I'll say a little bit higher too, uh, just because again, for the same reasons that you say, I think he'll play a little bit more. And I think that the points will just kind of like find him. Mm-hmm. So then we move on to a player who played a little bit less games than everybody else due to injury, due to COVID, and that's Adam Boquist. Adam Boquist uh, has registered 14 points for the Blue Jackets this season so far, seven goals, seven assists, which would register a good for nine, nine, and 18 for the remaining 39 games. Do you think that Adam Boquist is going to be higher or lower? That's my new defensive heart and soul. Um Again, it's another one of those things like he 
because he was my like sort of person last week of you know who to look out for in the rest of this of the season so if he can stay healthy and he can get kind of on some of these runs because when he when he's hot like he's hot like he's had a few game runs where he's scored you know multiple games in a row like it's just a matter of getting that consistency and him staying healthy so um but again because he missed such a long time being injured um i'm gonna say that he'll he'll, he will probably exceed but it wouldn't be necessarily entirely shocked if he didn't and he stayed at the like number that they projected him at I think for me, this is maybe the easiest one. I think it's easy. It's an easy hire. I think with him, what's been hard is like in this first half of the season, it feels like he'd kind of get going. COVID, he'd kind of get going. Like you know, what I mean, it's just like it just feels like he's the kind of player that when he plays, and when he plays often, it just you know, I mean, like the results just come. And of course, I mean, this guy still played so few NHL games by comparison. Like I think we all expect for him to be a lot more developed than he is that's just going to come with time right and i think because of that his point totals will come with time and a player that might be a little bit harder to project his point totals just because he's going to be injured for the next few weeks uh so we're projecting him at, at 30 games played hoping that that's you know kind of is in line with his timetable of returning and that's jake bean jake bean in the first part of the season 4 11 and 15 for the jackets uh, in 41 games. So in 30 games, we're projecting 3, 8, and 11 for Jake Bean. Is that number going to be higher or lower for you? Um, that's hard because it really – he's not as offensively minded as some of our other defensive pairings, which is why he plays – with Zach so frequently because Zach is more of an offensive defenseman. And so you need that balance when you have someone like Zach. Um, That's hard. And because we just don't know officially like how long he's going to be out. But I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to go higher. Interesting. Yeah. Are you going to be higher for everyone? No. <laughs> no, I have some definite people that I, I, I think are going to miss the mark. Fair. Um, for me, I'm going to say it's it's going to be lower. I think just with the uncertainty of, of coming back from an injury, um, not really knowing what you're going to get, I think it's probably fair to say that he'll be lower. Uh, so... Three, eight, and eleven. I mean, would not surprise me if he surpassed it, but I'm gonna go lower. So then we go on to rookie Cole Sillinger, who has had seven goals, eight assists, and 15 points in his first NHL season. Uh, actually, because he played 40 games, it's it's identical. It's seven, eight, and 15. Um, rounding up a little bit there, of course, but uh, yeah, it's looking like seven, eight, and 15 for. For Cole, which would put him at 30 points in his first NHL season, which would be nothing to, uh, you know, no, nothing to be ashamed of. So is that number higher or lower? Yeah, I think, I mean, honestly, like, not to repeat you, but, like, 
30 points for your debut season in the NHL and as the youngest player in the NHL. Um, I mean, I definitely, because I want, again, I swear I have players that I'm going to say lower on, but like Cole, like Cole has really been improving like gradually every single game. Cole improves. And so I really think that, and again, given these things, like if older veteran players get injured, um, you know, him getting to have these like bigger moments, him finding rhythm, you know, with uh, Chinny, like, and some of the other people that he's played with, like, I really think the possibilities are endless for him right now. So I'm definitely going to say higher, but if it stays where it's at, that is still such an impressive debut season. And he should be very proud of himself regardless. Oh, without a doubt. I think, you know, if anybody would have told you when we drafted him that he would have 30 points in his first, like not only in his first NHL season, I don't think that that would have been too shocking, but 30 points in his draft year. I think you would take that every time. I really do. And so for the Jackets to have that and for him to have played the way he has, that's a huge win. It's going to be lower. I, I My thing is, if this team's confidence starts to starts to dwell or starts to, like, fall off, I think that's going to be a real problem for some of these younger guys. And so I'm a little bit nervous about that, um, to be honest with you. And so I I tend to say that, that that's not going to be, um, be the case for him. But, again, I've been wrong before. I'm happy to be wrong again. And – Proud to admit that I was wrong about, for some reason, missing a player entirely, and that, as you bring him up, is Igor Chinnikov. Igor Chinnikov, uh, you know, he put up five goals, three assists, and eight points in his first 39 game. Or no, excuse me, he played 34 games. He was in 34 games to start the season. So uh, in 39 games, uh, that's good for six, three, and nine. Uh, so is that number going to be higher or lower? I think it's going to be, he's one of my one, I mean, as much as I'm a champion for him, I do think it's going to be lower. Um, Cause he has struggled. Um, I mean, they've, they've really been good about helping him and like mentoring him and letting him work it out. Um, he has had a few since where he's been quote unquote benched or put on the taxi squad. Um, but I think for him, those are more so opportunities for him to watch games, for him to watch from above and like really get more of a feel for what, you know, is happening on the whole of the ice, um, especially after those few games that he kept having goals o- overturned due to being offsides. Um, yeah, he should really have what, five goals each? Nine? Yeah. <laughs> nine? Eight or nine? Like, it's just crazy. Um, so yeah, I think that, and especially like you said, if we do start to take sort of a, an emotional dip, um, that he may struggle in that area too. So I'm going to say lower for Chinny. I'm going higher. I really think he'll, I really think he'll surpass six, three and nine. I think he's going to be put in a lot more situations to score in, in theory, at least I hope. Uh, you know, again, with any potential changes coming. So I'm going higher on Jenny. I am holding out hope that he will, again, I'm not talking, you know, I'm not saying he's going to average a point a game, but I, I do think that he could go higher. 
So a player that has, I think you and I both were surprised by, we just like think, we say his name so often that you would think he has more points, but he doesn't. Then that's Sean Crowley. He's got eight goals, eight assists, 16 points so far in this first 43 games, uh, seven, seven, and 14 for the next 39. What do you think? I think Corrali, the reason why we think that he should have more points in this is because similarly to Andrew Peak, Sean Corrali does so much other stuff on the ice that doesn't reflect on the score sheet. Um, he pushes other players, like not pushes physically, but like, well, he does that too, but he, you know, is a voice out on the ice and he is like motivating other players. Like he's, taking big hits as a forward he's fighting as a forward like there are just so many other things that he's doing that don't get reflected on a, a score sheet but um i'm gonna go higher again i don't think it'll be dramatic but i'm gonna go higher i'm hoping that he can get on a nice now this this does not mean that the team as a whole will be on a, a run of any sort but like I'm hoping that Sean Corrales as a player can get in a nice rhythm and really, really pick up some in the second half of the season. So I'm going to go higher for Sean Corrales. I think with Sean, it's like, he's not going to be as affected by any potential team dips. I think like he's a veteran. He kind of knows his role on the team. I think he's going to take that seriously. And I think part of that role is going to be leading by example. And I think that's going to be showing up in games where the Jackets need somebody to show up. And for that reason, I'm also going higher. I think 7-7-14 is a very, very modest projection for him for the rest of the season. It wouldn't surprise me to see him. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me to see him hit 20 goals. He's projected at 15. It wouldn't surprise me. Uh, Just because, again, I think he's going to be so important to this team. Uh, somebody who would hopefully be important to this team, but will not be because he's going to be injured for some time, uh, is Eric Robinson. Uh, again, we're not going to make a projection on Eric just because we don't really know. Yeah, what he's going to be out for so like. long. So not gonna not gonna do that. But just to kind of throw his numbers out there: six, eleven, and seventeen. Good start to the season. And, and somebody who I am shocked by is Vladislav Gavrikov. Uh, he's two six eighteen in his first forty one games this season. Uh, that would be good for one fifteen and sixteen. And I'm gonna start this one lower by the lower. I can't believe he has eighteen points, and that's not a diss on him and his play. Like it's just not like what his role is. It's just not really, you know, what what you come to expect. I mean, six sixteen assists is good for. It's tied for third on the team. On yeah. the team. Like, it's just like, I can't, I don't see that. Um, continuing, I mean, it's, it's Jake Voracek, it's Oliver Bjorkstrand tied, or no, excuse me, Jake Voracek, Zach Wierenski, and then uh, Oliver Bjorkstrand and Vlaslav Gavrikov are tied at 16. It's lower. I, it just is. <laughs> I'm also going to go with lower, which is sad to say it's because uh, Gabby's on my fantasy team, but um, okay. what? I said, oh, shit, I didn't know that. Oh, I picked him. I got rid of um, another defenseman. I got rid of Arlov. Um, but, you know, because we, we've mentioned it before that Gabby has just sort of, like, quietly been getting, like, these assists and things. Like, 
over the course of, of games. But that's like you said, it's not, not really his role on the team. His role is really to be sort of this like middle of the road, middle of the road enforcer, like take the big hits, block the big shots, protect Elvis at all costs. Like he is really the like knight, like the number one knight in the, the army that is defending our goaltenders. So um that's that's his role. So yeah, I'm also gonna go lower. So, and if it is if it is higher, then we will find some lovely Russian vodka and toast. I think a lot of it's there. Russian. What? So I think I think a lot of it's Russian just by <laughs> Yes. By yes. So uh speaking of th- these next two players, it's hard. Right, and of course they find themselves next to each other in in, in these rankings, um, or in the point totals for the team so far. But uh, first up, Jack Rosovic. Um, so Jack is seven eleven eighteen in forty two games played. That's good for seven ten seventeen in the second half of the season. This is assuming that he finishes the season as a Columbus Blue Jacket, and so we're just gonna assume that he does, and we're gonna say whether or not that's higher or lower. And for me, I'm going to go lower. And that's not because of him. It's because I don't think he's going to get a lot of ice time. I mean, if they're putting – again, like this isn't disrespect to Trafix Wolanski or to Brendan Gantz, but like that tells me something, right? Like those – that line is not going to get a ton of playing time. If that line gets 10 minutes on Tuesday, I'll be surprised. And – if that's the trend, if that's where Brad Larson and his coaching staff sees Jack Rosovic, then that's seven ten seventeen is is asking a lot. Yeah, I'm also going lower. I mean, Jack Jack's playing time has been steadily going down, um, basically since the beginning of December. Um, his playing time has really taken a nosedive. Um, I don't know if it's just that. Lars's coaching system there's not a place for Jack um or the place that they were hoping that he would fill he's just not meeting that expectation um Jack has definitely struggled in this second season as a Blue Jacket um he definitely had a much bigger effect on the team last year in his debut season um and it's hard because Again, he's been put out there as potential like trade uh, situation, and you kind of hate to see that because he is a hometown kid. Like, and there was such potential. These these trade deadlines in in the course of COVID and in the course of these weird seasons has really kind of been met with like an extra level of bittersweet because it's like if we had been in normal circumstances, would this player have had these same issues or this same productivity? Like, so, so yeah, I'm also going to say lower for Jack, but it'll just, yeah. Next up, Max Domi. Similar, similar concerns about whether or not he'll be a blue jacket after the deadline. But if he is, uh, he's got 8, 11, and 19. He's only played 33 games so far this season, so uh, his his projections are actually higher than his first part of the season, uh, looking at 9, 13, and 22. It happened in a 55-point season. I mean, I mean, Max is playing well. 
Um, Max is producing, and uh, do you think he'll keep doing it? No, everyone knows how much I love Max. I will be truly devastated if we trade him away at the deadline. Um, Hell, I was just telling Jeremy before we started recording that basically a solid 60-65% of this latest episode of Behind the Battle is all about Max. So, um, and I'm not going to go into like how much I think Max brings to this team's potential like in other aspects of things, but um, I do think that Max has been slowly progressing and getting much and much once he came back from the COVID situation and like all that sort of stuff. I think that he has been slowly progressing. He's just one of those players that you kind of need him to get into that rhythm. Cause then he can have three or four really good games right in a row. Um, so because I love him so much, I'm going to say higher and hope that he is still a Blue Jacket at the end of this season. I am going to say lower. Um, And it's not because, you know, even taking out of the equation, you know, whether or not he's a Jacket or not. um, I think, I think a lot of his productivity comes from areas that I think will be harder for the Jackets to find success in, uh, in the rest of the season. So I think he's going to suffer from that a little bit. Um, but again, hope I'm wrong. Hope I'm wrong. And so uh, a player that I'm high on, as you know, is Alexander Texier. And uh, 11, 9, 20 in his first 36 games. We're going to project him at 30 games played, similar to Jake Bean, based on the timetable for his injury, uh, which would put him at 9, 18, and 17. I'm smashing the higher. Like, I am smashing the higher. I want it to be higher. I want it to be higher. So lower? No, I'm I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna do the kind of cop out. I'm gonna say as projected. Ew. We've made it through all of these and you're gonna do that now. Yes. No, no, you're not. Higher or lower. No, I'm allowed to say as projected. Higher or lower. No. Higher or lower. You're being rude. Um, Fine, lower. Thank you. All right, so (laughs) Patrick Laine, another player who could potentially see himself moved at the deadline. It feels like that's probably more of an off-season move, in my opinion, than it is. I'm going to be so disappointed in Yarbo if he gets rid of Patrick Laine at the deadline. Wow. I just we we worked we worked so hard to get him to be a blue jacket. And we have done so many things in order to accommodate Mr. Line. And I mean it's worked. It it, it's worked the accommodation because of all the players on this list, Patrick Line has the highest second half of the season projections. Um on the team he's got um so obviously 10 11 and 21 and 24 games played that's why right like he's only played 24 games but he's got 21 points i mean he's he's not he's not playing poorly at all um and and i'm definitely staying higher for him i have 
Okay, yeah. look at you. I haven't even said the number yet, and you're like higher. <laughs> Go ahead, say his number. So um, his number is 29, Laura. Have you not been paying attention to to the hockey? Um, so yeah, I mean he's. Uh, he's somebody who is looking to go 16, 18, and 34 uh, in in his last few, which 29 assists, I mean, that would – I'm not certain. I'm going to look. I feel like that would be a career record for him because he's not the guy who usually sets people up. So that number, I think, could be lower. But, I, yeah, I'm higher too. And that's the other thing too. I'm going to go on a bit of a Patrick Line rant about how I will be mad if Yarmo trades him away at the deadline. Um I think as much as it's been a roller coaster and as much as I've had um, complicated feelings about Patrick Latine, I think in the scheme of his career, kind of regardless of how long he's a blue jacket, I think he's going to look back and see the time that he spent as a blue jacket and see that it made him a more well-rounded and stronger player overall. Because, yes, you want a Patrick Line on your team because he has a fucking killer shot. A shot that could literally decapitate goalies at the right angle. Like, that breaks bones. You know, just like it is an insane shot. But there's very specific things that need to happen in order for that shot to get set up. And I think before when Patrick was in Winnipeg, Winnipeg was better suited to provide him with those opportunities on a more consistent basis. Whereas when he came to Columbus, first of all, he, you know, was here with Torts and Torts had a very unique coaching style. But when he came to Columbus, he was coming to a team that plays as an entire team. Even now under Lars's direction, like they play as a whole team. And I think for someone like Patrick, he wasn't used to that. But now, as once he came back from his injury and, of course, needing to have time away to mourn his father, like, I've really seen him pick up more of these and really strengthen a lot more of these skills that make him a more well-rounded hockey player. Like, yeah. yes, there, there are moments where it's, like, frustrating because you're like, Patrick, really? <laughs> like, yeah. I know what you were trying to do, but that's not what what happened. Um, and so I think, like, again, regardless of how long he's a Blue Jacket, I think over the course of his career, we are going to have played a very pivotal role in who he is as a player and his playing style. And so that's why I am now on the train of I'm not willing, I'm not ready yet to give that over to somebody else. Yeah. So I I also want to apologize. He had 35 points in I think his third season or 35 assists. So 29 would not be a a career record. It would be close. And in in a season where he was out for two months. Yeah, that's a fair point. So yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm sure he played far more games in that season than he didn't is going to in this year. Um, so my apologies yeah, I mean, for the Patrick rant, but I'm never going to make you apologize for that. <laughs> this is growth. <laughs> I'm never going to make you say sorry. Um, so we've got we're down to our top five. We'll make these ones quicker. Um, we've got uh, not Jack Borensky. Who's that? Don't know him. <laughs> Uh, who, you know, 6, 19, and 25, and 41 games played. I mean, honestly, um, 
you know, for his, his play, I, I think he would probably say he would like to see that be higher. Um, but that's good for 6, 18, and 24. So roughly the same in the second half of the season. Again, this is a player that I'm – I don't want to say I'm smashing the higher button on, but, you know, 12 goals in a season for Zach Wierenski is, is low for him. Like it's not, it's not, I think, what he's looking for out of himself. And so for that reason – you know, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna step it up. I mean, in his career, um, the only time he scored, I mean, he scored 11, 16, 11, 20, and then last year seven. But he played thirty five games, uh, and then this year, obviously, he's got six and forty one. I don't know. I just think that he's gonna be higher uh, than twenty four. What about you? Yeah, no, I'm definitely going higher. I think that um, as of late, with the performance that the Blue Jackets have had, I think that's really been affecting him in a way you know he's he's taken on this new leadership role he's signed on to be with the blue jackets for a very long time a good majority of his career um and i think this situation with the all-star weekend i really think is gonna bring us kind of a new and refreshed version of zach a Zach that is a little bit more confident in who he is as a player and as a leader. Um, and as someone who has been able to step outside of the shadow of his former uh, line mate um, and create a bit of his own, his own energy. So I think the second half of the season, it ha- holds a lot of potential for Zach. So I'm going to say higher. Now, a player that I often am befuddled by uh, is our next player. He's currently fourth on the team in points, and that is – or I guess he's tied with Zach for fourth. And that's Gus Nyquist. Gus Nyquist has 12 goals, 13 assists in 25 games, has really heated up like uh, toward the deadline. He's been pretty consistent – um, and he's been a really, really good source of offense for the Jackets. He's projecting 11, 12, and 23 for the rest of the season. 55-point total uh, for the year. Uh, is that number higher or lower than what it's going to end up being? You know, I think Gus has been very – like you said, Gus has been very surprising. Uh, we didn't see Gus at all last season. Uh, he was definitely someone I was looking forward to having back with us. Um you know, as a, as a veteran voice in the locker room um, and kind of that, not fully, but like he shares a lot of the same qualities that Cam had when Cam was a blue jacket and, you know, Gus just really, he comes through when we need him to like, there are games where we have been shitting the bed and Gus comes through and scores a goal and sort of sets things in motion. And so I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm not going to say it's going to be like, crazy higher but as long as he stays a blue jacket i think i think it will be higher than his projection i think it'd be i i I would be more inclined to say higher if he wasn't a blue jacket to be honest and that's again just like a product of what i think these next few months are going to be for the jackets um oh this one's hard because i just feel like if something like if he hits any sort of a dry spell man these numbers become harder to reach He's one of one, two, three, 
Blue Jackets who have played four, excuse me, four Blue Jackets who have played every game this season. I don't know. I'm going to I'm gonna go lower, and I'm going to let you laugh at me when I'm wrong. I'm going to let you do that. Are we still talking about guess? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so moving on then, third place currently uh, with 28 points, number 28 himself, Oliver Bjorkstrand. Who else? Oliver! Who else? But Ali Ali Oxenfree. Uh, he's, uh, again, 28 points, 12, 16, 28. Uh, looking at 11, 15, and 26. What say you for the rest of this season? Oh, I love Oliver so much. But he has been so hot and cold this season. And I... Uh, I just don't know with with what with what we're projected to do. See, it's easier with the younger guys because like younger guys and like some of these other players, like you know, are going to get those moments where it's like with Oliver. Like if if being a new team leader and like he's going to hold a lot of this, I think, on his shoulders, and I'm afraid that that's going to affect his his play. Um, but. He's also like such a, a quiet, like quiet player that earns his points. Oh, initially I was going to say lower. Ooh. You can laugh at me when I'm wrong. I'm going to stick with lower. I love Oliver so much, but I just, I worry about what the rest of the season will do to our sweet, sweet Oliver. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. And I mean, I think and I appreciate your willingness to let me laugh at you when you're wrong. Because uh, I am I am going to hit the higher button. Um, I do. I think he's going to he's gonna be a – he will probably be the team's leading scorer when this is all said and done, I think. I think that's my like, bold prediction um, out of these guys. Um, so we've got two players left. Um Let's go. Let's go with the celebrity pick. Let's go with the celebrity pick to not end on it. Um, so if I tell you 17, 19, and 36 in the first half of the season, um, 14, 16, and 30 in the second half, and I don't tell you the name of the player, um, are you going higher or lower? Higher, because it's Boone Jenner. <laughs> Is it? Yes. It's Cam Atkinson. So, um, an asshole. <laughs> you uh, are an asshole. So, yeah, Cam Atkinson. So, uh, Laura's going higher. I mean, well, I'm fair, definitely going higher for Cam, but let's not talk about actual blue jackets. Oh, so Cam's not an actual blue jacket anymore. Well, you heard it here first. He plays for the Philadelphia Flyers. There's nothing I can do about this. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go higher too on Cam. Um, but I say that to say he's not going to the playoffs, but like, no, but I say that to say I think a lot of people like came into the season when they're talking about this trade with Jake Voracek or for Jake Voracek, whichever player has the most point. Like, people have just said that, right? Like, they've been like, that's who's gonna win this trade, and uh, Cam is currently the winner of that. 
Is it re is he really? Oh, yeah, yeah. So Cam currently has 36 points. He's got 17 goals, 19 assists, 36 points. Uh second place for the Jackets is Jake Voracek. He's got one goal, 27 assists, and 28 uh total points. So yeah, I mean it's pretty it's pretty sizable. I mean, Cam's projected at 66 total and um Jake is at 55 total for the season. So um are you if going to listen if he would only listen to Patrick Line? And shoot the puck more. We could amp these numbers up a little bit. I'm saying. I'm saying. Do you think he's going to listen to Patrick Line for the rest of the season? I don't. Probably not. I don't think that Jake can hear anyone through the beard. Um, but, you know, I don't really want to say lower. Because, honestly, like, we would be in much, I would think, and this is not about Cam. I just think that we would be in much more dire straits without Jake Voracek. So like, I really think that he's going to take, because he's such like a grizzled veteran, I think that he's actually going to play a lot looser in the second half of the season and start having some fun with it because what the hell else are we going to do? Like, and so I think then we're going to start seeing these like, Again, we may not be winning these games that this happens in, but like he's still gonna get points for it on the score sheet. Um, so I'm gonna go higher for Jake because I think he's gonna start having some fun. I think he's gonna want to start like showing these young guns certain things, you know. And so yeah, I'm going higher for Jake. I'm gonna go lower. I He's really cooled off. I mean, like, if you look at, at where he was at the first part of the season when the Jackets, I mean, the first 18 games, 12 and 6, um, I mean, he was playing point-per-game pace at the start of the season and for the better part of the first half of the season. Uh, but then he just yeah, tails off, right? Like, um, you know, 28 points in 41 games, obviously, um, you know, as far off of a point per game total. And, you know, maybe he maybe he gets it going again, but part of that has been, like, a lot of his points came on the power play. Our power play has sucked. Our power play has not been good. And if that keeps up, like, I don't think he's going to get his points. I, I think that's where he gets a lot of his points, and uh, and for that reason, I think he's going to be lower, uh, which might be a little bit of an oxymoron because I think if, if Ollie's higher, I feel like, you know, Jake's going to get a lot of those points. But we'll see. We'll see how it all works out. I'm going to go lower. Um, and then that brings us to our final uh, player, Boone Jenner. He's got 18, 12, and 30 in the first 43 games, uh, which would be good for 16, 11, and 27. Uh, so 34 goals, 23 assists uh, would be good for um, 57 points on the season. So what do you think? I'm going higher for our captain. I think that he has stepped up in many ways and i think that this not that he was in nick's shadow per se but nick felino did cast a pretty wide shadow as the captain of the blue jackets and you know i think while boone is still figuring out what exactly that looks like for him i think in so many ways he's just really taken off with it and is having one of his better seasons as a player. And so, yeah, we're going to struggle, but I think he's going to do his damnedest to keep 
keep the spirit and the energy alive and keep them focused on what's to come and that this situation that we're in is projected to be temporary. Um, so yeah, I'm going, I'm going higher for Mr. CBJ himself, Captain Boone Jenner. There have been a couple of times where I've said smash the higher, smash the lower. Um, are you smashing the lower? I'm going to very, 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 very lightly touch the lower button. Like, it's like, like, I'm oh, saying, this like, is your way of riding the as projected? No, I'm saying lower. I'll own it. Like, I think it's going to be lower. I I just think it, I think, like, it's saying 16, 11, and 27. If he ended up with 14, 8, and 22, like, that would, like, you know, I mean, like, that wouldn't surprise me. I, I think. I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna give him a bone here. I think he's still gonna hit 30 goals. Um, it's just a matter of whether or not whether or not he brings the rest home. But th- that's kind of where I'm at. And the good news is that I wrote all of our predictions down, uh, and we are going to know at when we do our season recap. We're gonna know. Um, we're gonna know. We're gonna know. Just for reference, the players that we differ on. Uh, and I want all uh, of you to know that this is just for Jeremy to have a moment in time where he can no. be like, look at how wrong you were about this. Absolutely not, because it will not surprise me if you are right <laughs> about all the ones that you said. Um, so the ones we differ on are Igor Chinnikov, um, Jake Bean. Cold Cylinder. Cold Cylinder. We differ on... Uh, Max Domi, Alexander Texier, Gus Nyquist. Oliver oh, we Bjorkstrand. ended on the top four. <laughs> yeah. So that'll be good. That'll be good. Um, Gus Nyquist, Oliver Bjorkstrand, Jake Voracek, and Boone Jenner. So you all are going to have to keep us humble. And we're going to have to find out at the end of the season uh, who's right more often. And it's, hey, it, could be, it could be either of us. Um, I'm honestly rooting for you. He's hinting that it's him that's more right. I'm rooting for you. He's not. I want all of you to know that he's not. (laughs) I am. I always root for you. Um, But we appreciate y'all sitting through. This is a longer one for us, but I had fun. I feel like this is the most, like, hockey talk we've done in a while, which is weird because we have no games to talk about. But, uh, you know, obviously fun to look at the future. I think you and I both enjoy doing that. And so this was good. This is a fun time. Let us know what you think. Let us know if there's a player, if there's a projection, say Laura and I both hit the lower or the higher on somebody, and you're like, you're wrong as shit. Let us know. Drag us. Let us know. You know how you can let us know? By giving us a five-star review and letting us know in the comment that we're wrong. Are you trying to steal my thunder as well? No, 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 no. I'm just saying that that is my preferred method of being told that I'm wrong is with a five-star rating attached to it. Gotcha. Um, But yes, so the Blue Jackets are playing hockey again. Tomorrow, when this comes out, Tuesday, they will face off against the Capitals. Before our next episode, they will also face off on Thursday against Buffalo. So next time you hear from us, you will get to hear some actual game talk. Hopefully it's positive game talk. But as we've said this whole season, go in with mild expectations. And then hopefully you're surprised. And 
Just no more nine to two losses. That's all we yeah. have. Me and my dating life. Same. Mild expectations and hopefully you're surprised. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you can uh, follow us on social media. We are at on Twitter and Instagram at Subjectively Pod. You can follow us on Facebook at Subjectively Speaking. Uh, we are announcing a fun thing with our merch store this week. So keep an eye out for that. But in the meantime, if you want to check out it's subjectively speaking.threadless.com. Um, obviously, you can rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you are listening to us on. Uh, again, you can rate and review now on Spotify, um, as long as that's where you have at least listened to a few episodes, because they won't let you do it if you haven't listened to any of them on there. Um, and then, of course, come on, <laughs> just someone, anyone really. Steven, I know you're not listening to this. And not Stephen Shrek. Stephen Kanicki, you made a promise to us a few weeks ago. So you should come through on that. And you did it uh, live. What? And he did it live. Like on he a did live do it live. live. Um, so yes, yeah, so if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, scroll on down, hit that five-star rating, leave a comment. It just helps. Um, and it makes us feel good. Makes us feel less like we're talking into the void. Um, but regardless, we love and appreciate all of you. Um, yeah. And thanks for, if you've made it this far, double thanks. For sure. 100% double thanks. And uh, if you have made it this far and you're like, it's over already. Um, good news. We'll be back at it on Friday. Well, you get to start. Well, pseudo start. And end your week with us. And I can't think of a better way to bookend a week um, than listening to Subjectively Speaking. And so you can do that again on Friday. But until then, keep it fun, y'all. And we will talk to you on Friday. Bye.